Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. This is Friday, the first day of December in the year of our Lord, 2023. I will be talking about three or four examples coming simultaneously or at least back to back, which indicate that the deplorables of this world are starting to revolt against the global order. They have apparently reached the end of their patience with the neoliberal world order that has been forced on them for decades. What is this neoliberal global order that the masses are starting to revolt against? Mass immigration floods Western countries with immigrants who compete for jobs, drive wages down, they don't compete with the elite because the elite own the factories. They don't work in them. They also compete for housing, not in elite neighborhoods, but in the margins. When they are permitted, they vote for people who promise to allow more immigration. Immigration on a mass scale is a problem, but not by any means the only problem. The world created by today's global ruling elite is difficult, perhaps unsustainable for millions of working people. The governments produce invisible printing press money like there's going to be no limit or end to it, but they all are on their way to having such unpayable debt that not only can it not be paid, but it also cannot even be serviced. Something is starting to occur to today's young, today's poor, that is, that when one generation gets something for nothing, the next gets nothing for something. The foreign policies of the elites who run our world have set the rest of the world against them. Military policies and attitudes against other nations have them constantly, perpetually at war. Green energy policies virtually guarantee that the offspring of today's working people will not have the same freedom and prosperity as older generations. The elites since World War II have always been dependent on to do good for the masses, run the world responsibly. Well, they have done good, very good, for themselves at the expense of many. Now the many are growing tired of it all and are starting to revolt. That is the subject of our report today. Let's start with Ireland, which has been a popular destination for immigrants, especially those from North Africa. For many decades, Ireland was a country that sent immigrants. They sent immigrants around the world, especially to America, Australia, and New Zealand. The Irish filled the underclasses of many cities along the East Coast, especially Boston and New York, but now it's all different. Currently, about 20% of the Irish population is foreign-born thanks to the policies of the elite at the European Union, which controls the Irish government as it does all European governments. The city of Dublin erupted in flames on Thanksgiving Day when an immigrant from North Africa stabbed a woman and three children outside an elementary school in the inner city of Dublin. The woman and a five-year-old girl are in serious condition. The other children have less serious wounds. The people took to the streets and set the city on fire, burning an immigrant hotel to the ground. The usual looting, burning has occurred throughout the city. The attacker was restrained, ironically, by another immigrant and several bystanders. The Irish police seem to be at a loss as to whether... He's a hater or just mentally ill. Many people have been arrested for participating in the riots. Many also view the immigration policies as the real culprit. The pace of immigration seems to be the mess that lit the fuse that has been burning. For many years, there have been ongoing protests during the last five years in which immigration has intensified under the direction of the EU bureaucrats. Many hotels and guest houses 
have been converted to asylum accommodations which compete with the Irish masses, but not the ruling elite. The outrage and the violence provoked by the school stabbings may have been intensified by the fact that the school is run with the Irish language of Gaelic, which probably makes it a center of Irish nationalism. People are trying desperately to retain their heritage, their culture, and their homeland. Currently, they are expressing their rage through fire and chaos. The Irish government responded by promising more laws against hate speech. A recent rebellion has occurred in another European country, although a less violent one. After decades of ridicule, ostracism, Slanderous propaganda, Gert Wilders and his Party for Freedom, which he founded in 2006, won the Dutch general election with about a quarter of the vote. Gert Wilders has been living under police protection for 19 years because of Muslim threats on his life, but finally he is in the majority, at least in the Dutch parliament. He now has a task of forming a government out of all the other parties with the Party for Freedom, his party. As the majority, I argue now that his election is not only a popular referendum on immigration, but on many other elite special policies as well. His election represents a rejection of the neoliberal elite world order and all its sanctimonious destruction of the Dutch way of life. Climate lunacy, woke lunacy, anti-Russian lunacy, and especially the lunatic policies that demanded that 3,000 Dutch farms be vacated and their cattle slaughtered, I hope... That is a re- it is a rejection of the entire European Union and current drive to end national sovereignty of member countries and merge them all under the unelected bureaucrats in Brussels. The EU steamroller, definitely on a roll, seems to be intent on swallowing the individual rights of Europeans. Since the Magna Carta in 1215, individual freedom in Europe has been on an upward trend with a few Hitler years accepted. But even Hitler was quickly put down and order restored. Now it appears that the whole continent will be under the heel of the EU boot. If so, then nothing can stop it short of a Russian victory in Ukraine, which could possibly collapse the EU and NATO. Now, let's turn our attention away from Europe to another Western nation where the natives appear to be in revolt against the elite order with all its propaganda and media might. Argentina and its capital city of Buenos Aires, often referred to as the Paris of the Americas, the Paris of the West, with its culture, architecture, cosmopolitan atmosphere. That country, however, has been home to some of the craziest economic experiments in the entire world. The politicians elected for decades have done nothing except create massive, unstoppable inflation. Since the end of World War II, Argentina has averaged 190% inflation per year. Inflation is currently running at about 140% for 2023. This insanity has destroyed the value of the local currency, created great value for the U.S. dollar, which has given rise to widespread black market monetary exchanges. If the people want to preserve value, they must convert to dollars. But as you know, those are the subject of inflation also. So Argentina has been controlled by the same global elite working toward global government, or at least global control, for many decades, from Juan Perón and his wife Evita to the modern influence of communists like Fidel Castro and Hugo Chavez, who wielded their influence from Cuba and Venezuela 
The Argentine people labored under their insane policies. One can't help but wonder why the Argentine people cannot overcome the propaganda and try something different. Well, well, now with the election of Javier Malay, who will assume the office of president on December 10th, they have. Mr. Malay is consistently referred to in the Western press as far right or extremely right, but the reality is different, as you might expect. He is a libertarian, a proponent of the Austrian School of Economics. He has been a university professor of economics and mathematics for 20 years, has never failed to publicly and consistently state his libertarian views. He knows that in the last 100 years, individual freedom has been eroded by state power. He seeks to reverse that. He knows that government should not be in the banking and monetary business, so he seeks to abolish the Argentine Central Bank. No issue in Argentina is more important than money, so he intends to replace the peso with the U.S. dollar, which should eliminate the hypocrisy of the black market exchange, the process of dollarization, he hopes will limit Argentina's inflation rate to that of the U.S. Federal Reserve's choosing. I would advise caution to Mr. Malay, caution in dealing with the U.S. and in dollarization because, as Henry Kissinger, who recently died at the age of 100, once said, quote, it's dangerous to be an enemy of the U.S., but it is even more dangerous to be a friend, end quote. Remain neutral, Mr. Millay. That's my advice. Remain neutral like Switzerland and don't become involved in U.S. foreign wars, especially avoid the U.S. regional coups across South and Latin America. He says he wants to free market the country with sound money, free banking, abolition of most regulations, a large reduction in taxes. Those policies could make Argentina an investment magnet rather than an investment black hole that could become like Hong Kong, before the Chinese communists took over. Historically, Argentina has stayed out of large global conflicts, but recently it applied to join the BRICS nation. Malay has said he wants to reconsider that and reorient Argentina toward the U.S. and Europe geopolitically. Okay, okay, Javier, just be careful. What if his reforms stick and the country stays with them for, oh, say, a decade? The result could make Argentina the freest, most prosperous country in this hemisphere, perhaps in the entire world. Argentina has tremendous potential. It has been waiting for sanity to emerge. It is rather isolated from the large U.S.-European conflicts. It is a giant geographically, but it only has 45 million people. It has everything in the way of natural resources and climate. The only problem with Argentina has been insane government, so maybe that's about to change. In conclusion, folks, what does all this radical political change mean for the masses, the rabble, the deplorables of this world? It is a similar geopolitical force as that which elected Donald Trump. It doesn't matter how you feel about Donald Trump because that's not the issue. He was and is the people's attempt to assert individual autonomy from the global ruling elite, Trump, Wilders, Malay, represent the people against Klaus Schwab, Bill Gates, the European Union, the U.S. State Department. The people try to rise from their knees, but as with Trump, the power of the almighty evil global state want to push them right back down. The riots in Dublin represent rage, outrage, that the Irish government, which is simply the Irish branch of the global empire, 
is more concerned that no hate speech be uttered than it is the lives of Irish children, the pent-up emotion of losing their country, their jobs, their way of life, even their children has finally reached the explosive stage with the Irish people. Finally, folks, will the reforms of Wilders and Malay stick transform their nations for the better? Time will tell. But their global masters and ours will be hard at work to keep those revolutions contained. You can rest assured about that. Perhaps there's always been only one revolution. Bad guys, good guys. The trick is deciding which is which. I pray they do stick, however. I pray they become an example of courage for the rest of us around the world. At least that's the way I see it. Till next time, folks, this is Daryl Kessel. Thanks for listening.